Hi guys. It's been a while. There's a simple reason. Uh, the two main things I do are writing and talking, and I've been doing a lot of talking on YouTube, so that's why I haven't been podcasting much. So my YouTube channel is Kerry42. Uh, you can find a lot of stuff there if you want. So I wanted to talk about rationalism. First thing is, what do I mean by rationalism? Because the word has more than one meaning. The Popperian meaning is using reason to learn about the world and, you know, it's a good thing. Reason is good. Rationalism related to rationality, it can mean something good. However, there's a different meaning of the word, which is sort of like armchair philosophy. Not looking at reality, just trying to use your brain separate from reality. And it often is involved with people thinking they're really smart and clever and they have all these great ideas and they can do better than tradition, better than society, better than convention, and they're actually foolish. You know, that's a common theme. That's how objectivism uses the word. So I want to talk about that type of rationalism, the armchair philosopher stuff, where people think they have these great ideas, sometimes utopias, and uh, they're not very practical, that kind of problem. So, I've been interested in a variety of unconventional ideas. And some people got the wrong idea, and I, I haven't been perfect either, but um, sometimes people got the wrong idea more than my own misconceptions about how great an idea some fancy philosoph philosophy theory is. And you really need to be careful with this stuff, which I have been talking about for years, but I think it could use more emphasis and more revising of some of the impressions people have gotten. So let's go through a few different topics. First one is therapy. So I think psychiatry is really fucked up and dangerous, but therapy is pretty different. It varies. Therapists vary and styles of therapy vary. Some therapists are more on the doctor end, the psychiatry end, the medical end, or the um, like pseudoscience end, where they're trying to say that they've read all these studies about how psychology works and blah blah blah, and, and that stuff I think is generally pretty bad. And the other end of therapy is more like a life coach who's giving you advice and he knows some common sense and he knows some com common problems people have, he knows how to act like a reasonable person, and you can talk to him, and you can get advice, and you can you can say negative things about your social group, and he's not going to go gossip about it. Like, there are advantages to having paid external help from people. If you're talking to your friends all the time, um, for some people, you have too many problems, you're going to be a burden to your friends, if you're always asking them for advice and help and whatever. Or, it's it's hard to tell them everything because they'll go tell other people. Like, if you have problems with your wife, you might not want to tell your friends. So talking to a therapist can be good. So there are some good things about therapy. It's not all good. Um, so there's a few things to keep in mind. First is, would you pay for it yourself with your own money? If the answer to that is no, it's probably a bad idea, even if you're getting it for free. I mean, if the answer is I would pay for it if I had money, but I'm completely broke, it's okay. But like, you know, assuming you had money, if you wouldn't pay for it yourself, it's probably bad, regardless of how you're getting it. Um, but if you would pay for it, if, you're actu if you actually care enough that it's something you would value and pay for, then that is a good sign.
Um, you also want to look into different types of therapy and find someone that works for you. And if it's not working, don't say therapy sucks. Don't say this therapist sucks. Don't, don't blame yourself. Just say, you know, I'm incompatible with this guy. It might be one of the other things. And if you really care, you can investigate. But just move on and try a different therapist if it's not working. You can try different ones until you find one that works better. Don't just stick with one and say, oh, therapy is important and I must be doing something wrong and I have to try harder. If it's not working, you can try other therapists until you find one who makes it easier for you. That is part of their job is to figure out something that works for you. If they're not doing that very well, it doesn't mean they're a bad therapist, but it's not everyone's a good match. Um, most therapists don't know how to help everyone. They know some things that help a lot of people and you might not be in the group of people they know how to help. They're not perfect, they don't know everything, um, but a lot of them have some decent ideas. So I'm not super anti-therapy. I think, so there's some other things about it. Like self-help books have a lot of the same knowledge you can get from therapists. Uh, you can get some of it on YouTube. I think people who do YouTube only without books are at a disadvantage. Like you should include books when you're trying to learn about things, but anyways, but some people have trouble learning from books and videos and stuff, and they need like personal help and someone to, to tell them how it applies to their life situation. And if you're a really great thinker, you should be able to like read a book and apply it yourself. But you know, for the vast majority of people, uh, you know, that's kind of hard and maybe therapy would help. By the way, I can do things in the ballpark of therapy if anyone wants to hire me. Um, I can give, like, personal, private advice, kind of in that style. Uh, I don't think it's very, like, generic. I don't have standard training, uh, you know. But if, if someone likes my way of looking at the world, then that is a service I can do. But I'd only be interested in doing that with people who like my worldview and are interested in those type of ideas. I'm not going to just... Um, Try to try to meet people at whatever their ideas are, because that's not my. That would be going outside my specialty and my interests. Anyways, I think most therapy is not super great or clever, but most people aren't super great or clever, and the therapist deals with a lot of problems and he's read books about it and so on, so he often has the advantage and knows some stuff that his patient doesn't know. I don't like the word patient, by the way. Client. Client is the right word. It's also important to know that your therapist is not your friend. It's a different kind of relationship than a friendship. It has some similarities to a friendship, but it's significantly different. Okay, different topic. Social status. I have a lot of criticisms of the social status hierarchy. There are a lot of problems with it. It causes trouble. However, uh, that doesn't mean you just like avoid it or something. It's not that simple. You have to say, okay, there's this thing. It plays an important, large role in life. Let's try to understand it better. It seems to be causing some trouble. What might we do about that? It's a process. Um, you study it and then you consider changes and then you analyze if we make this change, what's going to happen? What will the effects be? How will it work? You know, you don't just rush off to be like, oh, well, this is irrational, I won't do it. That's not going to work. And there are various reasons that making changes in this area is difficult. 
people are often dishonest or confused about what the status quo is. What is the current system? What are they currently doing? Um, so it's really hard to make changes before you actually understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, what the unwritten rules are. Once you understand those, you still have to figure out, okay, well, if I'm going to make a change, how am I going to get anyone else to make a change? Or am I going to make changes which work unilaterally? If you can figure out a way to change that doesn't require anyone else to change, you know, that's a lot easier, but those are harder to come by. You have to think these things through. It's, um, so yeah, view it as a process. Don't just be like, ooh, I learned society's bad about this, so now I'm going to do like way better because I'm smart. Um, it, it's not that simple. It takes a lot of study and work if you actually want to understand it well enough to make significant changes. So on a similar note, there's the monogamy versus polygamy versus uh, never marrying anyone, just being alone kind of issue. When I say polygamy, I don't just mean marrying multiple people. It could be like dating multiple people, just the whole genre of not doing exclusivity for your romantic sexual relationships. And the, the history here is there was the ARR list, Autonomy Respecting Relationships, started by Sarah and David that was uh, supposed to apply TCS ideas, which is taking children seriously, to relationships. How do we take our non-coercive parenting and our Popperian rationality and apply them to relationships? And one of the first things that ARR said is there's a lot of things wrong with monogamy. Here are some criticisms of monogamy. Uh, we got to do better because a lot of people are getting hurt and all these things are going wrong. And, and a lot of that had good points. However, uh, you know, what to actually do instead is tricky to figure out. And people did not go into enough, enough depth on trying to figure that out. And some of them were then going around having poly relationships and stuff. And my view, which took a few years to to figure out what I thought more clearly. Like at first I was just trying to learn it and I was like, when I first got there, I was like, oh, you can question monogamy. I'd never thought of that. But anyways, after a few years, what I sort of settled on is my general perspective is there's a lot of things wrong with monogamy and love and romance and all that stuff. It's dangerous. You have to be really careful of it. And if you're going to look to do something different, you should probably be looking in the direction of less of that stuff, not more of it. Like, what is the point of poly? If all this stuff is dangerous, why do you want extra? So I, I find the poly stuff very questionable. Like, monogamy is bad because love is irrational, so love multiple people. Or like, you know, sex is not educational. Why do people make such a big deal out of it? Therefore, sex is not so important. So like, sexual exclusivity doesn't make sense therefore have sex with lots of people. If you're going to say sex is not important, there's not a good reason to go around being super promiscuous. Um, it, that trends more in the direction of just don't have sex with very many people. So I think there was a perspective problem and there was a lot of um, rationalization of people just being promiscuous and whatever. I also think it makes a big difference sort of what stage of your life you're in because if you're like 50 and you're being poly, that's like really unconventional. You're supposed to be sort of settled down by then and have like a family and stuff and like a stable life situation. And not many people are poly at that age. And it's, um, you know, it's weird and it's hard and you should probably think it through. And most people who try to think it through don't, don't think enough in order to do better than convention. It's, 
really hard to use your brain to figure out how many how am I going to do better than what almost everyone else is doing um, you because you don't have to be a little bit smarter than them to do that you have to be a lot smarter than them you have to know way more than them because they have this huge advantage of doing the normal thing that so many other people have thought about and have ideas about and give advice about and understand and so on like the support of society for a lifestyle makes a huge difference so to make a change is like a lot of work and then you better be getting a large benefit and if sex is not like super special important whatever which is like the main rational criticism of the standard view then it's not a super high priority issue to put all this effort into that's what so but on the other hand if you're age 20 a lot of normal behavior is like very short relationships serial monogamy or maybe just hookups and never actually formally dating people and you, know, you can end up dating like a lot of different people in a short time frame and i i don't think that's great i think the way people look at sex and i think it's sort of overrated and people get hurt and blah 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 but anyways if you're going to do that kind of stuff then being poly while you're being promiscuous is like not really that different than what you're going to do anyways it's not that much of a change so it's like a lot less dangerous it's a lot less of a big deal and then as you get older it becomes further away from convention so it's a bigger deal all right moving on tcs parenting tcs is unconventional it says hey guys we should do parenting like a lot different than how people normally do parenting so you got to be careful with that stuff and i think tcs did not adequately emphasize that it talked about it there's info about it people have written about it i've written about it on the fallible ideas stuff i had multiple essays about tradition uh for both uh tcs and arr but you know i think more emphasis is still merited that you need to look at okay so we have some ideas about problems with conventional behavior that's just step one now you have to look at it more um you're not just ready to change things right away you have to understand what's going on what are the reasons for the conventional stuff what's good about it why has it lasted over time um you really need to understand it better before you try to change it and work through that and like write a bunch of things and have a bunch of discussions and so on don't just go read some old tcs essays and think ah oh, now i know how to do this you don't they're not adequate as written like they're a starting point they have some good ideas some food for thought also some bad ideas mixed in but anyways there's you know there's there are useful ideas there you can take inspiration from it it's a starting point that you can start analyzing and thinking about what you want to do but it's not like here's the complete picture everything worked out it's nothing like that it's not just like ready to go if you want to use it you need to there's basically two ways to use it one you can be a, a fairly conventional parent and you can make some minor changes that you think are like fairly low risk or whatever and you know you can get some ideas from it and that's that's fine that's not a big deal you know everyone takes some ideas and just changes things with their own personal spin that they think makes sense and you can do that and tcs can help you do that that's fine on the other hand if you actually want to do it in like a thorough way and like use philosophical principles and stuff then you can only do it if you're a top tier philosopher that's it 
you cannot make huge changes to your life and actually learn and understand that stuff well enough to do something really unusual unless you have quite a lot of philosophy skill. You need to be able to do things like write articles. If you don't have a blog with 100 posts on it, you probably shouldn't try to do TCS in person with your own kids in like a thorough, serious way. You need to be able to discuss it, debate it. You need to read a lot of books on both sides. Like, You need to read like philosophers that are related to TCS and try to understand them and study them and discuss them and so on. And, and take that quite far, and you also need to read like conventional parenting books and compare and analyze and write criticisms and so on. And um, If you're not going to do all of that, then you shouldn't think that you know what you're doing enough to make major radical parenting changes. Like, you can either follow the, the default, where society sort of guides you and you just do reasonably normal things, or if you want to think for yourself, you have to think, like, a lot. You have to reinvent a bunch of stuff. If you want to reinvent parenting in line with certain principles, then you have to redo tons of ideas, and that takes a ton of work and a ton of skill. It's very easy to fuck up, and you need to be way, way, way ahead of other people in terms of intelligence and knowledge and so on, or you're not going to come out ahead. Uh, another topic is like jokes and memes and emojis and being friends with people and some people have this rationalist view that like I'm a robot which isn't true or that somehow it's bad to have friends and everything has to be super rational all the time and we should only eat plain white rice because flavor is irrational and unnecessary and luxury is irrational and unnecessary and you know there's a lot of things and there are problems with jokes and memes and stuff. Um, they're bad for clarity. A lot of friendship behaviors are not very good for clarity, so avoid them in serious philosophy discussions. Like, you can have some discussions where you cut out the jokes um, so that you can speak in a more clear way, but those things aren't, like, huge disasters either. You can do them some of the time. If you just cut them out while still liking them, you're screwing up your life. Um, if you want to cut them out, you need to first stop liking them, stop seeing the appeal. Like, you need to be more thorough about learning why do people do them, what are the upsides? If I get rid of them, what do I need to replace them with? Like, what am I going to lose out on and what do I need to replace it? And if you don't understand that, you're not ready to cut it out. Another another related one is praise. Um, a lot of people don't praise my articles when they read them and like them, and that's unconventional weird behavior. If you read it and you like it and you think it's good, you should just say, oh, I liked this. This was great. This one seemed really useful to me. You know, just say stuff like that. That is completely normal. If you stop doing it, you're a rationalist, unless you know what you're doing in, a, in an extensive way, which most people don't. Um, if you're going to stop doing praise, you need to know what are the purposes of praise, like what roles does it play in people's lives, and then um, you know, what alternative actions could I use to accomplish similar things, and which ones should and shouldn't be accomplished, and what is actually wrong with praise, and so on, and like a bunch of detail. And if you don't know that, just keep acting normal. Don't, don't make significant changes. If you have some concerns about praise, you can raise them or start investigating rather than changing your behavior in a significant way. Some people try to copy me, and you shouldn't do that. Like, just because I'm not doing something doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. I'm weird. 
don't just be like, well, Elliot's weird, so I'll be weird. Like, that's cargo culting. You don't know all the things I know, and you're just a different person than me. Like, um, so if you just, like, copy some of my superficial traits because you assume I must have thought it out and they're good, it's like, maybe they're good if you have my entire life and everything fits together. But if you just take a few things out of my life and stick them in your life, um, you know, a lot of them aren't going to work very well. So praise, by the way, it praise matters to the author, the audience, and yourself, all three. And if your assumption is praise makes no difference to me, um, one, I think you're not thinking about it correctly. You don't know what I think. Uh, so I would basically, in short, I would disagree with that. But two, even if praise made no difference to me, it makes a difference to both the audience and to yourself. When you praise things, that is part of your way of interacting with it. If you praise a bunch of other stuff, and then you come to FI, and you're like, oh, FI is rational, no praise allowed, and then you don't praise stuff, it skews your perspective, it biases you. Because pra you praise things you like, and then you don't praise it, and then you like it less, basically. So stop suppressing your normal behavior. Stop trying to change when you don't really know what you're doing, especially when you do partial changes only when interacting with FI. Basically, some people sort of make FI less friendly, less the kind of place they like, on purpose, trying to copy me or something. And then they complain or that FI isn't the kind of place they like. Or they don't complain, they just like it less and participate less. Just participate your way. Um, so related to this, when you receive criticism, that is an attempt to help you. It's not an attempt to make you change right now. You are a complex system, very similar to traditional, conventional ways of living life and, and like, significant knowledge our society has. Um, you're a complicated thing. You're hard to change. Uh, before trying to make significant changes to yourself, you need to know what you're doing. When in doubt, just leave it alone. To change yourself, you know, you take a bunch of criticism and then you look for which ones are high priority, which ones are recurring patterns like chronic problems, um, which ones are easy to change, and you only change things if one, they're easy, or two, they're high priority. And the high priority ones, you have to figure out what you're doing and put work into it and study it and think, if I make this change, what's going to happen? Why will it work? What am I getting rid of? And what were the benefits of the thing I'm getting rid of? Like, you have to work through all that stuff. And if you don't know how to work through all that stuff, you have to, like, study philosophy and learn how to think and stuff. And, like, write a blog and, like, think through a bunch of issues as practice. And as far as the easy issues go, there's some things that you can just quickly make a little change. But most of the time, people think something is easy to change. They're just wrong. They haven't noticed how hard it is, how complicated it is. Um, people frequently think something will be easy, and then it's not. So you have to be careful with that. So the overall point is, and this applies especially to the archives, when you see criticisms of something, when you see problems, that doesn't mean you're ready to change things. Understanding flaws is step one. Step two is further investigation and study and trying to understand what's going on. Why are those flaws there? Um, why is it hard to change? Why has no one else changed this before? Most flaws um, are things that a lot of people have noticed. 
Um, but there have been reasons people did not change it, or only a few people changed it, and the change didn't catch on. You know, occasionally there's a flaw that like no one's noticed before, but the vast majority of them, of the flaws that you've you've noticed, you've read about, you've thought of, you understand, are things that other people have thought of too, and they haven't managed to make changes that worked well enough to spread and catch on. Um, there's reasons that society is the way it is, and if you don't understand the upsides of the current conventional thing, then you're not ready to change it. So, um, a bunch of like theoretical criticism and philosophy principles and so on, it has value. It gives you some ideas of places to look at things, and you know it can be interesting, and it can give you. Uh, it can help you figure out because. You should, in your life, try to study something and get good at it, and make some sort of change where you're not just following along. Like, you know, you should take at least one thing seriously and, and try to do really well at it. And, you know, knowing a bunch of flaws in society can give you options. It gives you places you can look. You can say, maybe parenting will be my thing. I'll look into that a bit and, and see if that is the area of life I want to put a bunch of effort into. Um, you know, you can look into how bad is it, and, uh, you know, how big an opportunity is there to do things better, and how resistant to change are people, and do you just want to um, learn a ton about parenting and then do good parenting yourself, or do you want to learn a ton about parenting and convince other people to change their parenting and show them how and stuff? And those are pretty different projects, and anyway, you have options, and so somewhere in your life you should put work into something and don't just follow convention, but for most stuff, you got to pick your battles and follow convention because you don't have the time and effort to study it extensively. Now, you can try to become like a super philosopher who's really, really good at everything because you learn the most generic knowledge that helps you with all the different fields. Um, that is possible, but it's quite hard and most people really aren't close to that. Later.